0: Nervously, a well-dressed lion bull dives into the criminal underworld beneath the Akarosi docks. Shivering as he walks, his bandolier of spirit bottles clink and clatter together, announcing his approach. A gaunt woman waits for him, her sunken-in eyes growing wide at the bounty this bull has brought her. She is known as Brenna the Rat Sniffer, the Butcher Boss of the Rat Traps. With a raise of her hands, the goons standing at her side crack their knuckles, and the shuddering bull stops in his tracks. Show me your badge.
1: Yeah, Dietrich goes ahead. Uh, We see a slender figure. He's wearing a vest that is honestly too fine for a bull. That's the main sign of the more wealthy family that he originally comes from. Everything else, though, is rather run down. His trousers, uh, he's got patched. Bits on the elbow of his shirt beneath his vest. Uh, and on his vest, he has his line bowl badge. It says, in large letters, Prycard. And he unclips it and flashes it before her. Prycard? Uh, At your leisure, ma'am?
0: <laughs> Very good. Now, tell me, do you have the goods?
1: Oh. Uh uh which which, which goods? I, I I have a few errands tonight that I'm I'm running. Um.
0: She looks to the goons. This is no rich boy's game, Prykard. The bottles. Do you have them?
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh, of, of course. Uh and he pats his sides, pats his his pockets, digs through his trousers. Uh, which has apparently fairly deep pockets as he pulls forth from it, I think, three filled spirit
0: bottles. Ooh, beautiful. She gestures for you to hand her one. May I?
1: Uh, sure, but don't uh, don't unseal it. We don't want
0: uh, an incident here by the bridge. She grabs it, looks to the two goons, and she says, Do you hear? He doesn't want an incident. You be careful, you two. We wouldn't want anything. And you hear the sound of a seal slowly turning. There are two things that could happen here, Prykurt. I can open this bottle and it could be empty and Uh unseals a little bit more. Or I can open it up and you will show me how you subdued the spirit.
1: Uh (laughs) And he chuckles nervously. (laughs) That one was... Uh, Quite. Harry, I don't know if you really want to open that right here, ma'am.
0: I think I do. And she cracks it open. A gloopy torrent of of electroplasm puddles out at a high pressure. Clearly this thing is compressed to fit into that bottle. The spirit begins to take shape. And so I would like to ask you, since you're the one who bottled it, and also this is a question you asked, how do you recognize the spirit? I think...
1: Inside of uh, his trouser pocket, he had, like, little, like, smaller pockets sewn in. And so he knew when he drew them out which spirit was which. Uh, And this one, he also would just recognize on sight. I think he doesn't know who this man was, but they had to have been, like, a woodcutter or a butcher or some field that required a great deal of force and, well, blades. And as the ghost takes shape, uh, it's, you know, it's hulking. It's, it's larger, I think, than you would expect a single spirit to be. And in either of its hands, similarly formed, uh, of the same, you know, plasm, uh, are these long, wicked, rusted
0: blades. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brenda, the rat sniffer, she's like clapping her hands. She's like, "Very good, very good, boys! Help him out!" So she steps back, and you see two goons uh, begin to produce. Like one of them produces like a web thrower uh, that one would use to uh, to help wrangle it back into the uh, spirit bottle, and a uh, crude sort of lightning hook. Uh, I would like for you to roll and against the supernatural roll, which will be two d six. But first, uh, we're just gonna answer some questions yes. that will. Uh, Give you two pluses. Oh, shoot. And you know what I haven't even said? Uh, <laughs> I realize I haven't said your name, David. <laughs> this is going to be a cold open, and I haven't been like, well, David.
2: <laughs>
0: so uh, you have completed your apprenticeship. You have completed your journeymanship. So that's plus two so far. Um, you don't have the support of another gang. Uh, I'll say you, you, you have the equivalent of like bulls in every other role with the four of you here. Well, we'll, we'll count it. Uh, <laughs> so no minuses there. So the one thing that I like do like to do uh, is do the other bulls swear to follow your orders without hesitation. Does Prykard say anything to these two goons, anything to inspire confidence or obedience?
1: Yeah, I think as, you know, the bottle was, op- like, when it was clear that the bottle was going to be open, that, that she was going to, to throw open the seal, uh, I think Prycard had taken a few hasty steps back and scrambled. He had all of his gear slung across his back, not thinking he would need it in this very moment. And so he flips on over his face his mask and his owl spirit goggles as that's the gear he came equipped with today and with it fully taking form I think he does I think he does shout out He had a weakening in life take out the legs bring him down we can secure him around the neck do this quick because the longer he's here the more he's going to manifest
0: Yeah and he like he actually begins to let out like Ugh as he's swinging around that, that gives him some confidence to the goons so I think uh, you, have you worked this line slash area before? I'm gonna say no just so you have a total of plus one. I don't think he's worked under the bridge before. Yeah I don't, <laughs> I don't think you're used to this so roll 2d6 plus one.
1: Alright um I have committed the grave sin of leaving my dice. How could you David? Somewhere alright dice acquired heck yes is it 2 plus 1, yeah? Yep. All right. Wow, that's really good. That's a 6 on one die,
0: 4 on the others. So that's a 10 plus 1. Oh, beautiful. All right, David. Uh, pick 2 uh, from the options under Against the Supernatural. You can seize the initiative. Um, Maintain an orderly disposition, uh, which in this case would be like if you have a plan or something. If you have like a plan, you could like tell me exactly what all these goons are at and where you are at. And then seize a particular opportunity or advantage, uh, which is, you know, take plus one on going while explaining the advantage. So pick two of those. Uh,
1: I don't think we have the initiative, but I think we do have an orderly disposition and we have the advantage of he's
0: fought this ghost before and kind of knows its weak spots. The knee. Yeah, go for the knee. Uh, Yeah, would you like to make the opening move? With the spirit goggles, you could roll Insight to determine the best gambit. You kind of already got it, but also like this could materialize that, and probably I, I would let it give like an order to the goons. Or you could also, if you want, do something else like, you know, roll for finesse, something like that.
1: Oh, well, I mean, we're in the owl roll. I think he's stepped back a little bit. Let's go for the insight. Why not? Beautiful. Romy, me. <laughs> me 2d6 plus uh how much insight do you have david What uh, insight is prikert have just, just a casual minus one uh <laughs> it will be the same for force or finesse <laughs> oh that's well that's still okay four five that's nine minus one is eight that's that's a mixed all right all right yeah yeah
0: yeah um as the spirit arrived, it kicked up a thick fog like from the waters. You, like you can see like the water swirling around it, sharpening its blades as it gets ready. But thanks to the owl goggles, uh, you're able to cut through that fog and see the spirit still for what it is. Not only was the, the weak knee twisted in spirit form, uh, but also, over the course of your battles, you see there's like other spots, other joints, where like being crammed into the spirit bottle has further weakened it. Similar body parts sort of twisted and gnarled. Like I think this thing was a woodcutter. Like gnarled, like mold. Like like you know as a tree has like a dead branch on it. Parts of him look like that. Love that. Uh, yeah, and I think I think the goons. You're, you're able to to direct the goons there. One of them shoots out the web thrower, catching hold of the knee part. But as the other tries to um tries to hoist up the lightning hook. He swings out with uh, axe. And how badly do I want to mess this guy up? <laughs> and by that, I mean, how badly do I want to mess you up? Oh, roll your do your
1: worst. Let me take it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll say he's pretty badly hurt. I'll say he swings, and this guy... He's a goon. He loses an arm in front of you. So I would love uh, two trauma coming your way of teammate badly hurt. Like, this attack wasn't against you because you're not like directly engaging, but, like... Dude just lost his arm <laughs> needlessly. Yeah, that's a steal roll, right? Yeah, Ste- you could steal yourself. You can steal yourself uh, what's coming at you. Uh, what do you not want to do?
1: I don't want to panic disengage or flee. I don't want to abandon the situation because if I leave this unpacked, like I was the one who originally captured this ghost. Mm-hmm. That's on the record somewhere. Uh, and so if anyone's able to identify them, then this could be
0: linked back to me. So I don't want that to happen. All right. Roll two d six plus deal. Much chunkier, plus three. Well, worst
1: worst roll of the day. That is a, a seven total, but plus three, that still brings it up to ten.
0: That still brings it up to ten. So you're good. Um, in fact, reduce that that incoming trauma. That doesn't super matter. It's a cold open. Uh, reduce <laughs> that to like one. Uh, yeah, you're able to steal yourself. Brenna herself is like clapping, applauding. Oh, are they all this good? No, they're all this. Bad! Uh, <laughs> excellence. <laughs> excellence, Pryker. Um, And, uh, yeah, what's, what would you like to do? The, the web thrower is around its uh, weak me. The other guy, he's lost his arm. He's not going to be able to do anything, like, right now, but he's not dead, so maybe in a little bit could ask him to do lightning hook, or you could help dunk it in, dunk it into uh, that spirit bottle.
1: I... I think I don't know if I trust the original bottle now that it's been, like, sort of uncorked or unsealed. I've got a bandolier of spirit bottles. Oh, Perfect. damn it.
0: That's a spider. I'm reading the long one. Ah! I, I would say they have an extra. They, they've got a yeah, food yeah. web thrower. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I'll, just, I'll snag a, a spare spirit bottle uh, that I also have on hand, and I'm going to charge it. I think I'm hoping that since it was just contained... Uh, that it's like I'm trying to catch it before it's sort of like re reacquired. It's fully manifested form. I see that some of its limbs are still twisted and bent, and I'm hoping that if if they pull on the, the web throw around the knee and I try to jam it into the bottle, that it'll kind of naturally be drawn in. That's what I'm going to go for. Heck
0: yeah! In that case, uh, that sounds a bit like finesse.
1: Yeah, this does sound like finesse. I mean, it wouldn't matter. I'm bad at all of them. Yeah, yeah.
0: Go ahead and go and roll finesse go. for me that was just in a bottle, so we don't wow. have to worry about doing harm
1: to him. These dice are blessing me. That's a 6 and a 4, 10, minus
0: 1, 9. Alright. Uh, so, not awful. So, pick one uh, from the list of three. Do you do it quickly? Do you avoid trouble, compromise, or cost? Or do you do it impressively, stylishly, to greater effect?
1: Ooh. No, I think I'm gonna go for greater effect. I think he, he's
0: going for effective. Mm. First first and foremost. Alright. Uh, it takes some time He's tugging on the web thrower, you're like shoving it back into this bottle. And I'm really, really getting into that tree, sort of imagery It's like ugh, ugh, it's twisting and nodding into different branches. Uh, it swings out. I would split like a manifestation attack between you two, but again, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't even matter for you, but it's split so like one harm one harm to you, one harm to the goon with the uh, the web thrower. You are able to so completely get this ghost back into the fresh bottle, seal it up. Poor fellow, he lost his arm. He's looking at it, he's like, Boss! Boss! Can I go? Uh, and Brenda, with her wide eyes doesn't even look at him, but is just looking at you and says, Yes, get out of here. Pick your arm up. Uh, so, so
1: <clears throat> I'm assuming that all of this was to your satisfaction. There's still the matter of, of the payment.
0: Of course, of course. <laughs> she she reaches over to the web thrower guy, uh, reaches into one of his pockets and pulls out a big sack of silver coins.
1: He reaches out a, a hesitant hand. Um, and as he's, he's like about to grab hold of it, he stops and pulls his hand back. What? What are these for?
0: Do you really wish to know? She says, like bringing her wide eyes like uncomfortably close to yours. Nose is almost touching. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dietrich's eyes move from her cold, large, you know, stare unbroken eyes and the sack of silver. Her the silver, and his hand closes around the top of it, and he pulls it close to his chest and says, "That's quite all right. I think I think I'll just be going."
0: That's a very good bull. Go on back, out to pasture.
1: And Dietrich hastily. Turns heel and uh, gets out of there.
0: Hello, welcome to Ghosts on a Trains, the podcast where we play Ghost Lines and RPG by John Harper. I'm your conductor, Greg, and I run the game.
2: Uh, I'm Hannah. I play Andrel Anderson, um, uh, teen. I didn't think about this one. <laughs> um, this listen, is, they can't all be winners. This is
0: somehow better and worse than your last one. What
2: was my last one?
0: That was where you started talking about how. Um, how she doesn't yet have boobs. Oh, right. And you were immediately like, okay, if you leave in the part where I said that Andrew doesn't have boobs yet, can you include the part where I regret it?
2: Yeah.
0: I'm going to include that.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll think harder about Andrew's uh, epithet for next time.
3: I'm Guy, and I play Pip and I usually go second. That's
4: my uh, epithet. <laughs> Uh, I'm Stefan I play Drix and I don't know it, it, should we really be subscribing to Greg's oppressive regime where we have to come up with something new to say every time
0: I never once enforced
2: that yeah I think I started that actually <laughs> shh sh, sh, sh. Hannah,
0: Hannah I need an out just give this to me
2: just okay yeah it's all me. Greg's fault
4: there we go there we go damn you Greg and your tyrannical
0: rule <laughs>
2: We're going to kill the Immortal Emperor, and the Immortal Emperor in a meta-sense is Greg.
0: I guess. Anyways, I'm not alone here with these three. Uh, There's also our special guest, To the listeners have already heard.
3: Finish the uh, adjective, Greg. (laughs) Finish the adjective.
0: David, David, you know what? I've realized I don't know your last name.
2: (laughs) David Trials
0: oh, of that, the Apocalypse. I've been referred to it as David Trials of the Apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> would you like Would you like your last name included on this? Like what? Oh, that that's fine.
1: Uh, hi, I, hi everybody. Uh, my my name is David, and I've actually officially changed my last name to Trials of the Apocalypse. <laughs> Funny fact. Uh, no, I'm I'm David Easley. Uh, there are many of us, but I'm this one.
0: Legit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so as as the best joking one. placeholder the last name of David Trials of the Apocalypse says, David. Uh, David, you you run. Trials of the Apocalypse, yeah, uh, a really good podcast that I listen to, uh, and it's really easy, you can pick it up, you guys record arcs uh, of Powered by the Apocalypse games, Uh, you've done Ghost Lines, I think forever ago, We, (laughs) we did a little promo swap. Yeah, how, how, have
1: you, how have you been? <laughs> it's a been okay. Uh, it's been a small, I can't say it's been a small eternity since I've uh, played Ghost Lines because we, we, you, listener, I think will have already heard the cold open at this point. So you've already met uh, my character for, for this little game, uh, DTree, uh, a badge named Pry Card, And uh, yeah, it, but it's been like a small eternity since I've run Ghost Lines. That's a true fact. True and facts. I'm really excited to, to do more of it because at the time when we played, I was like, wow, this is like a really cool game. And despite being only four pages long, you could definitely like do a full campaign out of this. There's like plenty here to make that happen. And then... <laughs> regrettably, like a month after we'd like already aired everything, I found something to trade, and I was like, "Well, first off, like, wow, what a missed opportunity to cross promo while we were doing the arc." Uh, but but also, they're doing exactly what I said could be done, so that's exciting. <laughs>
0: Trials of the Apocalypse has been really helpful for me because I think I've mentioned this before, uh, but when I first read Ghost Lines, it was in high school, and I n- I didn't know what Powered by the Apocalypse meant, uh, so it was just this baffling, amazing game that I just could never play because I was like, I don't know how this works. Uh, and then, like, I learned a little bit about like how Powered by the Apocalypse games work in general, like the 2D6 stuff and all that. And then I was like, okay, I think I could play this game. Uh, so Ghost Lines has been like my primary entry into it. Uh, and then I listened to you guys with all your very skillful, very knowledgeable like, they br- they do breakdowns uh, of post-apocalypse's uh, of, of, of the games. They talk about the gameplay of them. David, you got an astonishing uh, understanding of, of how Powered by the Apocalypse systems work. <laughs> too, too kind. So so there are certain things in this game where I <laughs> I've definitely messed some stuff up because this is my primary entry point, but I've kind of, I feel like I've kind of smoothed some things over. Thanks for listening to Trials of the Apocalypse.
1: If you, like, if anyone listens back to our first game, uh, where we play Apocalypse World, which is the the game that kind of started the whole Powered by the Apocalypse movement, um... We did not know what we were doing, but I, I want to be totally clear. That was also our, like, it was, it was like my first time running a Powered by the Apocalypse game. And we don't have a post-Apocalypse for that because that's before we started doing that. But boy, did I have a lot of things afterwards where I was like, oh, I did so many things wrong. Uh, but by the time we were playing Ghost Lines, I actually, I'm... Uh, clap kudos to you to attempt to play ghost lines without having a lot of other (laughs) pbta experience because it's it's a game where it's very efficient in those four pages but if you have like no as you said if you have like no context for how powered by the apocalypse stuff normally works i cannot imagine picking up and running ghost lines this game
0: this game literally haunted me from senior year of high school throughout all of college and then like a year or two later (laughs) i was like i listen we're gonna do it (laughs) we're ready <laughs> we're ready
4: <laughs> this is your white whale
0: but for right now let's let's focus let's focus up on on ghost on a train <laughs> yeah we'll we'll hear i mean david you you, you can talk you could talk through, during this but uh we'll see Dietrich Prycard in a little bit we here at ghost on a train would like to take a moment to bring you a message from our friends at trials of the apocalypse greetings from trials
1: of the apocalypse Trials of the Apocalypse is an actual play podcast telling one-shot stories in a variety of Powered by the Apocalypse games, rotating players and systems each time. More and more with every new arc, we tightly edit and master our audio, injecting it full of music and sound effects to immerse you in the story. Our stories are full of badass characters. I don't rinse the shotgun from oh, his hand. Oh, you cut his arm off. I take his hand. Complicated relationships. You feel a certain level of familiarity with it as the ghost chokes out the word brother no, No! and lots of friends having fun the door swings slowly open (laughs) Diana will you stop doing that (laughs) we're trying to be stealthy right now every arc is independent from the others so you can go back and listen to previous games in any order Or come and join us for our newest, playing The Watch, a low-fantasy military drama of four femme-of-center heroes battling their own inner demons as they fight to push back the dark and manipulative forces staining their land. Find us in your favorite podcatcher, just search for Trials of the Apocalypse. See you there!
0: So uh, the Pride of Duskwall is getting prepared to head from Tyrmore, uh in the highlands of Severus out to Arvaid in Lower Scalfland, a line that will take us once again across the sea. However, unlike previous crossings, there is a lot more clearance over the water for the bridge here, 50 feet between the water and the track. will be a long way down. Who arrives back at the Pride of Duskwall first? And what do you look like
3: when you do? I don't think I usually go first, so I'm going to do it this time. Heck yeah. Pip is the first to arrive. You'd think I would run out of metaphors to make him sound bad. And yet, <laughs> Pip is the human equivalent of the vegetable section in a grocery that got like way too wet and has been there for way too long.
2: This is why I do the epithet things, because, like, (laughs) every Guy, at least, will come up with something every fucking time to make Pip sound terrible. Yeah,
4: you (laughs) will.
3: But just uh, definitely past his prime and not entirely pleasant to look at, as well as probably has kind of a funny smell and a weird texture. Pip would be tall if he were not hunched over, so, you know. Once again, floppy like the <laughs> vegetable. Greasy, slick back hair pulled tight in a ponytail and very kind of bleary eyes. Surprisingly not from drinking, but just from not getting a lot of sleep this time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you arrive into the uh, crew car in the bullpen. Grabbing a, a, a cheeky little drink is one of the uh, the railmen? She's a little nip. You know what it is, Jean-Claude? It is Jean-Claude, the one that Pip, Pip doesn't care for. Yes, Jean-Claude, as the door opens up, he's like, Oh my, the scent of ripeness. Is that you, Pip and McHugh? As ripe as one can be, is that you, Jean-Claude? Oh, <laughs> cannot even see straight, of course. That's far was way, about. I hear that you uh, and line bulls will be uh, fronting this friendship coalition action once we get to uh, Scotland. I
3: suppose so, yeah, it's just we're taking on the, the bulls' weight of the burden.
0: You all think that you are so much better than us, Railmen. I know that Michelle and the others give you a lot of leeway, but I see you, Pippin McGill, and I personally do not care for you.
3: Well, uh, as soon as you're able to, you know, read and write, since there's a lot of paperwork involved, you can step <laughs> right up. But until then, I think we got primary on
0: this. Oh, you did all. I am going to go back into the caboose, and uh, I will uh, perhaps read some manuals and perhaps write some some things. Yes, and I'm sure your presence will be sorely missed takes another sip from the bar uh, and uh, leaves. If you
3: would like to know why Jean-Claude specifically is the one that Pip has Umbergen are with, ask me during the depot. There is a reason.
4: <laughs> I think I might know what it is. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah. think you do.
2: I I do. Next. I'll go next. <laughs> yep, yeah, so Angel returns. She is a uh, young girl, 14 years old, copper skin, dark hair, dark eyes, Victorian orphan boy clothing, hair in sort of a short boyish cut, oftentimes seen with a mischievous twinkle in her eye. But I think I think uh, today she is she is more on the pensive side as she uh, reenters the train,
0: sensing the uh, the mood. Following without a typical spring into step is Jiminy the Dork.
2: Yeah,
0: it's a it's a three legged, hairless German Shepherd, with a handlebar mustache being the only hair on hair on him. He's got his little collar jangling with his uh, little little badge denoting him an officially trained uh, hunting pet. But yeah, he uh, he senses the vibe a bit, uh, and he's just sort
2: of good boy, Jiminy.
0: Yep, door opens up. You see Pip.
2: Hi, Pip. Hey, Andrew. What's up?
3: I feel like my voice is cracking a little bit more and I'm not entirely sure why.
2: No, it always sounds like this. Really? Yeah.
3: That's terrible. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, it's not great. York, <laughs> <laughs> York. <Yep, yep. laughs>
4: Quick, Stefan, save us.
0: Yeah, Stefan, go ahead. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Drix strides up to the train. Uh, while he's still in the distance, you can see that he's kind of like a little bit lost in thought. But uh, as the as the pride sh- or as the pride like crosses his purview, he kind of like shakes his head a little bit and tosses it off. Drix like strolls up to the train. He's a uh, big, tall Severosi man. Barrel chested, wearing a white button down with like a black vest over it. He's got uh, he's got some slacks with some cowboy boots at the bottom and some. Or got to make sure it's a Spurs day, of course. Um, boots with the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, boots with the Spurs. With the Spurs. The whole club's looking at. <laughs> I think we yeah. do that when
3: every beginning of each line, and I am not going to stop.
4: Honestly. Tall, Severosi, dark skin, black curly hair, and uh, wearing on top of it, a big black cowboy hat with a red band.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think as you're arriving, Greta's got the side of the uh, dining car open up, loading up some more food into her kitchenette. Oh, good morning, Greta. Morning, Drix. Uh, do you think you could offer me a, a little bit of help? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Got a good deal on an un, uneaten octopus. Uneaten octopus. Packed it with a, a ton of ice. Just need a little little help lift it. Yeah,
4: I've gotcha. I've gotcha. Got I guess somebody didn't uh, didn't enjoy their feast of
0: gratitude meal, huh? Well, people just buy and, and store, stock up a little too much. A little too much. It's a great time to to be a, a chef in this kind of way. Just buy up a whole lot of uneaten. We're gently eating food back onto the train.
4: Well, I mean, yeah, as long as it gets it gets some tasty morsels onto the train. I mean, nothing wrong with that. I can't wait to taste this bad boy.
0: Uh, Hi, that's right. Um, Just uh, enough salt and I can make anything good.
4: (laughs) Yeah, no, you can, Greta.
0: And uh, I just want you all to know that, of course, I'm I'm behind uh, whatever's going to go down when we get to Scotland.
4: Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Operation Friendship Coalition is a go for sure.
0: Operation Friendship Coalition. Her arm with the uh, lady of thorns tattoo flexes. Yeah, I realize we didn't uh, otherwise describe her. It's Greta, she's the designed by committee uh, hot lesbian chef uh, with the short hair and the uh, the swords piercings. <laughs> she's great. And Jadrix,
4: uh, you get into the crew car all right. Ah, yep, yep. Uh go ahead and give her a hand, lifted everything in. And then once we're once uh Greta's all set, I'll probably head back towards the crew car. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. What I pass by i passed pass by Georgie. Uh you know, tip my hat to Georgie, give her the old wink, because you know it's union time. I mean, you know. Not union time. <laughs> of coalition time.
2: Mm-hmm, what are you winking
4: mm-hmm.
2: for, Trix? What are you
4: winking for? Well, you know, because the thing's happening. Y- you know, the whole friendship coalition thing.
0: I, I, I sorry, I, John Claude was, was through here and he winks at me for a different reason. And what? I suppose I'm on edge.
4: I, I never have that problem with you. Oh, man, John Claude is always a lot. I don't much care for him, if I'm being honest. Yeah, he, he, see, he really just seems to have a chip on his shoulder. I don't know what it is. Like the other, the other railmen, all good, but like I don't know, something about Jean Claude.
0: Something about Jean Claude. Oh, by the way, uh, Candice should be coming around soon with a uh, new line bull that we got for the trip. Uh. She assures me, and so does the ministry, that this has nothing to do with uh, the decision that will be upcoming. But I can't help but think that perhaps getting us fully staffed might. Might be a way to try to think that uh, we're better off without her. Mm. Still, I, I wouldn't give the new new fellow any 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 hard time for that. But no, no, we'll
4: welcome him with open arms. But um, you know, got to make sure that he's not here to bust up anybody's ah. Hold on, got to make sure that he's not here to bust up anybody's shifrobe. robe.
0: Sometimes you say things, Drake, <laughs> and they're very pretty things that I just. Can he understand? <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Drix, I think as you enter the crew car, do you want to exit from the outside the train or from the office car? David, what do you think? Uh, I feel like you'd be walking with, with Candace, the conductor, theoretically. Uh, I think I think
1: office car makes sense. That's where Candace's desk is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The office car opens up as uh, Drix enters, and Candace, middle aged woman in a. Uh, proper-looking ministry conductor's uniform, holding a long cigarette holder, is leading a figure into the crew car. As she enters, she says, and over this way is going to be the bullpen where you'll be staying uh, until we get to Ardvite, of course. If you need anything, uh, you can ask any of these three uh, or me. Though the office car is right here. Over here, we got uh, Adric. Uh, Glad to see you're on time. Badge name Colburn. We got Pip. Badge name McKeel, and uh, little one's uh, Andrew. She's filling in for Dunville. I don't know if you knew the old Dunville, but you know it's a recent thing—not even a year, not even a year old. Oh, uh, I mean, she's more than a year old, but I, her being Dunville ain't more than a year old.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm 14.
3: Uh, Pip tips an invisible hat.
0: Yeah, and uh, David, it's it's all on you if you'd like to uh, describe yourself.
1: Yeah, uh, standing next to Candace is a. A rather thin, pale man. Uh, he's wearing a rather nice-looking, uh, it's got like all sorts of like neat filigree and stuff on it, uh, dark vest. And then underneath, he has a, a simple white shirt, uh, black pants, uh, in much worse repair than his uh, finer vest. Uh, he has dark hair, slicked back, and he looks a little bit nervous. And he taps Candace on the shoulder, I had actually met the previous Dunville what what happened to them oh
0: uh, yeah don't worry so a, a rare a rare happy story actually uh the retired like actually retired oh
1: oh uh wh- where to'll I'll send him a a message or something
0: a dusk wall of all places you know it's wow you could tell that she's suddenly thinking about more than just uh Dunville. at the moment she says uh, I never much liked the place, but I uh, I, I know why some people might. Um, well, uh, thank you. Uh, and uh,
1: hello, everyone. Uh, I'm, he does a little bow. Uh, I am Dietrich. Uh, I'm, I'm Prycard by badge. Uh, and I haven't run this line in a while. And I don't believe uh, I've been on this particular train of ours before, but I'm pleased to make your acquaintance.
3: Hello. Jeez,
0: mate. Pleasure to meet you. I heard you also, you, you notice that a, the, there's a, there's a, your noise. There's fully a dorg oh. in here. <laughs> and the dorg has, has clearly scratched up some of the floors. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. He takes a small step back. Oh, I'm, alert. it's, it's fine. It's,
2: oh, um, uh, yeah, sorry. He is, he works here. It's a dorg with a job.
1: I, I, I'll just get the sniffles. It's, it's all, it's all right.
2: Oh, okay. Sorry. I guess they should have screened that for hiring.
1: Hey, <laughs> yeah. It's not the most detailed process.
2: No, no, it's not. We don't have background <laughs> Uh
1: What's, what's their name?
2: Uh, Jiminy. Uh, it's a Hadrathi name. Life and death.
1: Jiminy uh, sneezes. Uh, I think D3 in response, uh, it, almost like how a yawn can get shared around a room. Uh, Jiminy sneezes, and then Dietrich off to the side also sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> and then looks back. We're going to have a relationship, you and I. You
0: are? <laughs> uh, Candace says, all right, yeah, looks like uh, you're already making friends. Again, I'll be in the office car sorting some things out. Uh, and she uh, heads back into the office car.
1: Dietrich will stand awkwardly for a minute, and then kind of walk off to the side, uh, maybe test a seat on one of the bunk beds. So, you all been with this train long? Feels
3: like
4: it's been, feels
1: like it's been a while, yeah. Definitely
4: been a minute, yeah.
2: Yeah, Candace said I wasn't here that long, but I feel like a year is a pretty long time, (laughs) personally.
1: (laughs) No, uh, a small eternity, uh, by my measure. Yeah, certainly I, in this business.
2: Yeah, especially. Come on, I feel, I got the raw deal of that set of introductions.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, she did. Uh, she did imply that I'm always late, and I'll have her know I'm never late.
2: You're you're sometimes late. I'm
4: almost never late.
1: <laughs> you you seem the the picture of timeliness uh, to me, Colburn. Uh,
4: Thanks. What, what do you what do you prefer, uh,
1: D-tree? Uh, D tree? D tree's fine. Um, it's shorter, uh, easier to easier to scream uh, over the ghosts. Mm.
4: True, and uh, you know you can call me Drix. Everyone does.
1: Oh, uh, uh pleasure uh, to meet you. I thought only friends did.
2: Have you ever heard anyone not call him Drix?
1: <laughs> I guess
4: you.
2: I just thought she had a lot of friends.
4: I mean, I do have a lot of friends, but like, you. Know, it's okay. I, I only really, ma- it's only ever really a thing when I'm like mad at somebody, and they're not allowed to call me Dricks, and that be- makes it very clear that I'm not friendly with them. But I'm friendly with most people, you know.
2: Uh so Pritchard, what or Dietrich, what's your deal? How long have you been doing this?
1: Oh, um, uh, uh, what is a what is time in our business? I, I've been here for longer than I would have liked. Um, I Ain't mean, that the truth?
2: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Mm-hmm. Any closer to retirement? Every, every day, I, I hope so. Um, as soon as I can become a master at this trade, I look to get straight out of it.
0: Yeah, you, can, you guys can all clearly see uh, on each other's badges, uh, they're triangular, and there's uh, wedges that get put on each, of the, each point to denote your, your rank, and you're all journeymen here with two.
2: How'd you know Dunville? Not not me, but other Dunville.
0: Oh, uh,
1: <clears throat> I, I know it's customary for a lot of people in this role to end up assigned to a particular train, but I've actually made my way around several uh, over the years. Um, I met Dunville on a, another assignment and we hit it off for a time.
2: Is something wrong with you? Do you keep getting transferred because there's something wrong with you?
1: No, it's uh, part of my particular contract. Um, I have to see them all, or so it seems.
4: Oh, so you're you're an inspector type?
1: Oh, hardly the case,
0: but
2: okay. There's something weird going on here. (laughs) Uh,
0: I (laughs) I, I think at that moment, at that moment, from. The passenger car comes Georgie. She's a, a uh with red hair and a, the next nicest Ministry of Preservation uniform. She's got a beret denoting her the passenger liaison. Uh, and she says, um, I hope all you both are getting settled in. I'm about to start taking tickets now, so please remain inside the crew car if you're able.
2: Do you actually want us to? Usually we don't what?
0: Just, I, I, I'm i telling you to stay inside of the crew car while the passengers are getting on board. I I, I feel like I usually tell you that. Do you? I, I,
2: <laughs> I can't remember that ever happening.
4: I could think of maybe one, maybe two times tops where maybe it's happened, but usually you just kind of assume that we're going to stay back here.
0: I, all right, all right. Well, keep doing what you're doing then.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, D- is she
4: gone? <laughs> she leaves. Okay. So you want to go people watch?
2: Yeah, let's go people watch. Dietrich, you could come too, even though you're weird, clearly.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks. That's what. That's the conclusion most people come to, unfortunately.
0: Uh, yeah, so um, the passengers begin to board, as is our, our wants because you are on a train and you are literally being railroaded. uh, And it's easier for me um, (laughs) to obscure any sort of machinations. I like to have any potentially, like, supporting NPCs among the passengers described by you all, focusing primarily on, like, things that physically can be observed. Like, I, I don't need, like, a backstory of somebody, but, like, you know, a way they move, a way they look. Let me know if any passengers stick out to your characters.
2: Hannah, you had one? I do have one, yeah. Uh I have 3. Um, Jesus. <laughs> What's well, the group? Oh okay. One idea. I
4: also had a group of 3, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um uh entering the train are uh two older men, one sort of short and uh still sort of brown-haired and one taller, bespectacled, white-haired. Uh, and a very, uh, a young woman, probably in her twenties. The brown haired, shorter, uh, older man is holding some kind of like recording contraption as though he is, uh, you know, taking, taking tapes on whatever is happening. And he's talking very excitedly into it as this young woman kind of like rolls her eyes. Um, it's Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez. Thank you. Okay. Thank
0: you. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. If you're going to do a reference, please tell us.
2: <laughs> it's the only murders in the building character.
0: <laughs> great, great. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> love it. Uh, love it. Yeah, I, I think Georgia first is like,
2: oh, well, hello
0: there. Aren't you the, the, the fine group? Come along, come along. You can take the record equipment as well with you. Welcome to the Pride of Duskwall. The re- recorder is like, I'm really sorry. Could you take that again? Could you say that again? I want to get a clean take. Uh, and the the bespectacled man says, "Be kind to the nice young woman." All right, I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh, can we can we get going? I, I have the tickets here. I think. And the uh, brown-haired young woman quietly produces the three tickets and says, "Um, thank you, passenger or parlor car."
2: Passenger, I think.
0: Passenger car. You see the passenger car? It's like. I promise we'll try not to be too much of a nuisance. <laughs> and they uh start heading into the passenger car and they start recording some some narration of them like we stepped to we stepped into the our signed seats. Another passenger, another passenger.
4: Alright, all right, all right. So I've got a group of three. A tall buff Aruvian man and a spindly akarosi man walk in side by side. was like a knee-high Eruvian boy kind of like jumping around like circling the two of them and calling both of them dad. They insist they're not together. <laughs> 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 But every now oh, and so again it's they- like
2: Antril and Pippin um,
0: right? <laughs> I was gonna say, is this is this you guys?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no.
4: <laughs> Actually they do line up, huh?
3: <laughs> we do all have doppelgangers running around, so we,
0: that's true. Oh, we have Flix Flix and Pippin. We haven't had an
2: Angel yet. We haven't, yeah, yeah, we haven't had a no. Belandrel
4: yet. <laughs> The buff one seems to have a gun hidden under his coat, and the kid is, or the kid is, uh, pretending to blast things like
0: as he like circles around both of his parents. All right, is this just a very cute family, or is this something I should know?
4: Uh, do you watch? You, did you remind me? You watch Final Space?
0: Oh god, like a while ago, and only the only the first season. Uh, little Cato, Gary, and avocado. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, All got it. right, avocado. Uh, uh passenger or parlor car?
4: We're gonna go passenger. We're gonna go
0: passenger. Alright, alright, alright. Uh yeah, yeah. The uh the skinny Akarosi man is like three tickets to the passenger car, please. Kato, little Kato. <laughs> Could you <laughs> take it easy for a second there? Uh and then it says, sorry, dad. Uh and then the <laughs> the, the buff one says, um, he's not your dad. <laughs> Georgie says, all right, I will gladly take these tickets. Could I just have some, a quick moment here uh, with, uh, with Kato, was it? She like kneels down. She's like, you're not being kidnapped, are you? <laughs> are these two really your dads? And little Kato's like, mm-hmm, nods very vigorously. She says, all right. And uh, lets them into the passenger car.
3: Next. All right. I'm going to send you a message about this one, Greg. I think you're going to enjoy it, because I think it'll be funnier for it to pop up. But it is a wild-eyed man, kind of scraggly looking, wearing a shirt that says, Ask me about the Cursed Triangle.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, homeland <laughs> of this wild-eyed man?
3: <laughs> uh, probably Acheros.
0: Right. <sighs> Passenger or parlor car?
3: I think they go to the parlor
0: car. Excellent. Yeah, I think uh, they 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 show up. Uh, George says, "All right, ticket, please." Uh, And then he says, "Actually, Mom, I'm going to be paying here for my ticket." All right, that's uh, highly irregular, I suppose, but that's that's a okay with me. Thank you, thank you. This much for the parlor car. Might I just say I very very much appreciate the uh, mole man repellents cage that you've placed around the passenger car. But I've brought my own protection. Uh, And uh, she says. Ah, uh, mole man protection, all right, eh? it's it's for the ghosts, but <laughs> ghosts. Of course, how quaint. I bet they all they tell you to repeat that same lie to everybody, eh? Ghosts aren't real. <laughs> it's all just a plot by the immortal emperor. Just, all right, sir, here, let me walk you to the parlor car, sir. He says, um, look at that van. Is that some sort of, pointing to Mr. McClaremont, the uh, the old, old, bald, Severosi uh, former priest that sort of watched over the passenger car. This man over here—he either peddles lies or he believes them. <laughs> Ghosts aren't real, <laughs> and um, <laughs> they leave behind the buttons uh, par- of the parlor card. David, do you have a passenger that sticks out to you? It's fine if you don't have one. I don't want to put anybody in the spot.
1: I do. I do. Um, I think that there's a Scovelin woman. Uh, she's she's tall, very thin. Uh, I want you to think like Devil's Wear Prada style for what she's wearing uh she's got a shawl that's like made of raven's feathers around her shoulders goes with her dark uh her similarly raven dark hair uh and in her in her crook of her arm uh and like one arm she has a a small person the crook of her other arm she has a totally hairless dorg chihuahua uh that she's petting with one hand uh while her purse is there in the
0: crook of her elbow and i think she's approaching the parlor car what kind of facial hair does this dorg have
1: uh, I think it has just the tiniest goatee. <laughs> <laughs> like just just the tiniest. Yeah. <laughs>
0: beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. She can see approach the parlor car. Oh, hello there, ma'am! Great news for you. The parlor car is pet friendly. So uh little uh your little fur <laughs> I was gonna say fur baby, that doesn't work.
2: <laughs> Mustache baby. Your little beard baby. <laughs> <laughs> <Can't>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like. I don't know if no, I like the way that sounds. Oh, that, that sounds vile. Uh, no, like, like I don't know how that sounds vile, but it's it it sounds weird, right? It has
4: strange mouth feel.
0: <laughs> your little ba- beard baby will be take well taken care of. She says, "I hope so, ma'am." Because judging from the way that your hair is frizzing all about, I don't know if you're gonna have the beard oil that I need for my little my little one. And she starts <laughs> very very. Softly and delicately pinching at the tiny goatee. Oh my god, leave
2: Georgie alone. And Georgie <laughs> says, Here's a, I, I use product. I...
0: Matt, I, I care very much about my appearance. This I, I that's, that's part of my job. Uh, and then uh, the woman says, Well, it's very evident that you could be doing a better one. Here's my ticket. And I, I hope that we can get... And she uh, she waves uh, kind of dismissively on her whole person. And she says, this whole situation handled for you. Yeah, she actually ex- enters the parlor car, leaving Georgie on the other side of the door to just sort of look like shocked. She even turns to the little window uh, that you guys have from the crew car, uh, looking like shocked as she like points to her hair.
2: <laughs> Andrew gives her a thumbs up. <laughs>
0: Tip shrugs. All right.
2: Angel, Angel, whose hair is, um, the, like, was cut with ki- kitchen scissors by herself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think with a... what's oh, it like just shrugs and, like... <clears throat> everyone uh, gets ready, sits down, the doors close, uh, and Trevor, up front in the locomotive, peers out the, out the station, adjusts his uh, big old glasses, uh, and he says, up. Pride of Duskwall heading to our Light and Skoblin. Let's call Pride of Duskwall all
2: aboard!
0: And the uh, Pride of Duskwall, the front belches out fire and smoke <coughs> in its uh, traditional mustache pattern. Uh, and then uh, there's a blue crackle of electricity as it begins to move outside of the Light Barrier for the first time in some weeks since the Feast of Gratitude. We will get to that as they cross that great body of water next time on Ghosts on a Train.
2: Yay! Yay. Bye, everybody!
0: Yeah, we're get right into it. I'm really so excited. Ya. Yeah! Train of Duskwall is now arriving. Please allow all passengers to exit the train before boarding. This has been Ghosts on a Train, a podcast with the Faustian Nonsense Network, where we played Ghost Lines, an RPG written and designed by John Harper. Music by Sebastian Black and TJ Woods. Edited by Greg Korobis. With Creative Commons Zero Sounds from freesound.org. And additional sound design by Kai Gwillem Pritchard. Our cover art is by Yochko Agresta. Your line balls for this trip were. Dietrich Tensel, badge name Pricard,
1: Played by me, David.
2: Angel Anderson, badge name Dunville. Played by me, Hannah Levin.
1: Adric, a.k.a. Dricks.
4: Badge name Colburn. Played by me, Stephan Lewis.
3: Pippin, Pip, McKeel. Badge name McKeel. Played by me, guys. What about?
0: And I have been your conductor, Greg Korobus. For bonus content, as well as behind the scenes, become a patron of the Faustian Nonsense Patreon. And in lieu of monetary support, a review on your favorite podcatcher will help Ghosts on a Train maintain visibility. If you have any questions about the Pride of Duskwall or additions to suggest for the train, please email them to ghosttrainpod at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at ghosts and I'll have Candice bring them to the Lion Bowls. Thank you for riding with us, and please consider traveling with us again next time.
2: This program was brought to you by a network of dedicated artists with creative so- souls just like just like you- yours. yours, 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 yours. Faustian yours. Nonsense yours. thanks yours. you for your, your patronage. Just like yours.